Good morning, good morning. It is Easter Sunday morning and you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. What a clear blue sky and an unexpected clear blue sky we have this morning. I hope it's gorgeous where you are and you get to go outside and feel the uh, beautifulness of this fresh morning that we have on the first day of the month the new month with a full moon wow wasn't it amazing to see that outside the window last night or I actually went out early this morning and had a look up at the sky just felt beautiful to be basked in that full moon glow now if you haven't joined us before this is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences their decision making those consequences and regardless of age their innate wisdom by discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found more sustainable loving and heartfelt ways to be with each other thereby improving our physical and mental health today's show takes us into one of the subjects we should apparently never speak about but I'm starting to wonder if us never speaking about it means we have let others dictate how we should feel or think about it. I'm talking about religion and specifically our relationship with God. I hadn't realized that combining those two words, relationship and God, was unusual. As you know, if you listen to this show more often, I would consider us to be in a relationship with everything and everyone and therefore, having a relationship with God runs along those same lines. My relationship with God has, I would say, been a bit up and down over the years. It was pretty solid as a baby and as a child, I seem to remember. It just was, and I felt gorgeous and amazing and connected. And then um, I went to church, as I was, um, and while I was in church, I was told that I shouldn't be in church, I should be in Sunday school, and I didn't like that. I didn't like being told, and although I tried it once or twice, I didn't like Sunday school either and never went back. My parents didn't push me either way. It was always my choice. Except that it, that, that is at Christmas and Easter, at weddings, funerals, and christenings. It was part and parcel of the ritual of our lives, and I spent much, t- much of my time internally working out what I felt about it. I went to a non-denominational school initially and then a Church of England school and then a Catholic school and then back to a non-denominational one, I think, as far as I can remember. What I did learn was that when you're at the Catholic school, you can get out of math and Latin if you went to confession. Eek, that's a bit awkward. And then as a teenager, of course, I exercised my right to um, flatly refuse to go anywhere I didn't want to go and that including included church, even at Christmas and, you know, all of those other events, except for when my grandmother was around. And um, then I didn't argue quite so confidently. She had a, um, a manner about her that was an absolute knowing that for her going to church was incredibly important and, and therefore it mattered to her that we were with her. So how come I'm doing a show on our relationship with God now? Well, I look at the way the world is. I see how much we search for meaning. And I wonder if the rise in anxiety, in depression, 
in extraordinary decision-making, in the lies that are being told and the corruption and the, the remorse when you're caught rather than that bit of choosing to, to walk and live in a different way, whether it comes back to a lack of connection as to why we're here and an accountability to something that's with us all of the time, not just something that's going to call us out when we do something wrong or when we get caught. I don't know the answer, and I'm humbly putting this forward, but I felt that heading out into the world of discussing things we, that, we, that shouldn't be discussed was a really great place to start. The following interviews are not meant to persuade you one way or the other. I'm just sharing different people's stories, chewing the cud, as my grandfather used to say. To share their stories, I this morning I have Wayne Zwa, who bizarrely was carrying the cross at his church on Friday just before I spoke to him. Andrew Starr, a local community pastor. Leanne Mendales, who never considers herself religious but writes and contemplates with renewed wonder. And Nazreen Azizi, who will join me over the magic of the internet later in the show. What I've noticed in all of these interviews I've done and through all the conversations I've had that have not made it to radio is a feeling of being part of a greater whole that is borderless. It isn't a nationality and it isn't a religion, it isn't a dogma. When they're in the midst of describing their connection, it is clear there is a feeling of being loved and held by, well, quite simply love. So without further talking from me, I'm going to introduce you to Andrew Starr. I spoke to Andrew for longer than some of the other interviewees because the way he came to has, have his relationship with God simply couldn't be rushed. So, welcome, Andrew Starr. Interview with me. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's a, it's a privilege. Could you please describe for us your relationship with God? Yeah, it's quite a, quite a first question, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I, I think oh, I could describe it with a whole bunch of ways. I, I guess I could start with a, who, in a sense, who God is to me. Yeah. Way of describing that. Um, so, say you know, God is my Father. Um, God is my Lord. God is my Comforter. He's my Creator, Provider, Teacher, Guide, Sustenance, Hope. Uh, God is the community into which I've been welcomed. Uh, God is Savior. God is Friend. Um, yeah, they'd be some of the words that I'd I'd reach for initially. Um, but I think in terms of my relationship with God, like it's a, it's, I mean, it's an extraordinary claim, isn't it? <laughs> even that, even that statement, you know, relationship with God. Mm. Uh, but, uh, I think, I think in essence, it feels now, um, that it's a relationship that, uh, I personally, I have, that has a history to it. So we have a, we have a shared history now. Um, but I'm also aware that I'm, I'm relating to this, I Use the word community, but this 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 being that um, is eternal and has always been, 
and I've been. So I feel very invited in um, into that into that relationship. Um, yeah, and it's it's certainly in terms of Jesus talks about when he when he was on earth, he talked about himself as bread of life and living water, and and I think that place of my relationship with God as being essence and essential um, and life nourishing and sustaining. Um, yeah, those, they're the sort of, that's the sort of language that I'd use to de- describe it. And joy, like mm. um, intense joy as well. Uh, a little bit of, I guess, in terms of where my relationship with God started, how that, how that began, it was certainly not from a place of joy. Where did you become aware of it? Looking, looking back, as I said, it's my relationship with God is a relationship with, with history, aware that um, God's relationship with, with humans has been much longer than mine, but also aware that I have a history with God now, which is wonderful. Um, and relationship really started, I was probably around, it was, I, I, I moved back, my family moved back from Darwin to Sydney. Um, and at that, when I was eight, I think, eight or nine, um, and that was a that was a massive what I what I describe now as a, a moment of culture shock um, and cultural dislocation um, at that point. Trying to orientate to this new space called Taramara on the you know on the north shore of Sydney, mm-hmm. having come from Darwin, uh, which was incredibly different culturally. And I was within this within this culture. I felt like an outsider felt a significant amount of shame and sort of aware of my differences. Um, and at the same time, I picked up this, this narrative within the culture, which seemed to be at the best, this is, you know, within a, I guess as a nine or 10 year old, just trying to make sense of the world. Uh, there was this narrative, which was, uh, you know, you, you study hard as a kid at school to get to a uh, good university, to get a good job, um, to get a lot of money, to get a good house, uh, to get married, to raise kids, to put them through a good school so they could get a good job, good university, good job, so they could get married, raise, get enough money to really get a good place and then put the kids... And I was like, wow. And, uh, and, and yet at the same time, there was this narrative that I was getting through the, the culture, which is money makes you happy. And so I was looking around at these people with this money and looking at this cycle that they seem to be in. Mm. And I thought, if that's it, that's really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's seriously depressing. And so at that point, you know, when I was sort of 10 or 11, I, I just, I, I really, I just wanted to, wanted to die, basically. Mm. I couldn't really see any point in living at all. Um, and, uh, and so, so then, then I think it was in, uh, first year or something of high school, I went along to this camp where they explained to me that um, after death, there's this place called heaven. Oh, okay. That's interesting because I thought it was just, you know, that was it. Um, But after this place, there's this place place called heaven and the way that you get to heaven um, is through through praying this prayer to someone called Jesus. So, okay. Great. <laughs> I was, I was, Thanks, like, I was sort of, I was sort of depressed, and yeah. uh, I, I wanted to die. And then, and, I, and then someone told me, well, you could, 
yeah, but after you die, this this is a good place you can go to. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. So, and then and then pray this prayer. So I prayed the prayer, and I think I think at that point I, I felt like I kind of got my ticket to heaven. Mm. And so so people would sort of ask me, so what would you like? What do you want to do? I said, oh, I, I want to die. And so I still wanted to die, but I was happy about dying now. Mm. I knew I was going somewhere. Um, so this question now, obviously, we're talking about relationship with God. Well, at that point, it didn't feel like anything like relationship. It was just, it was literally this kind of transactional thing. A needs uh, to an end. Yeah, means to an end. I've got my ticket. Yeah. Uh, I still want to get out of here because I still see no point in this life. Um, but hey, I, whatever's on the other side, I'm that's kind of secured up now. And so yeah, that was that was the frame that I had. And uh, you know, high school went on, and I was involved in different. Uh, I guess different church groups and um, high school Christian groups, etc. Um, and I was more or less okay with that. It got a little bit awkward where my friends stopped coming along to those groups. I thought, why are they stopping coming along? And and they they seemed a little bit critical of me going along to them. I thought, well, mm, I'm not sure what I think about this stuff now. Got my ticket, um, but then I. Then when then I met uh, in year eleven, I met a bunch of bunch of girls who started talking, and they said they said things like, "I was talking to God the other day," and uh, and then they said, "And God said to me," I thought, "Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? What, like, what's are you, are you serious? Like, you can talk to God, and He can talk back." What, what what is that? And uh, so they and they 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 read their Bibles and they went along to church in the way that I guess I thought I did, but there was something they had. I was like, what is going on here? This is very different. Uh, this feels. Uh, the, well, I was just I was just very very curious and and attracted to that mystery. Like what was going on for them that I didn't have? And uh, so during. Uh, during year 11 of high school, I had this um, really profound encounter with God is really the only way I could describe it, uh, where I basically uh, really got, um, it was, it was, there, was a, there was a physical element to that encounter um, in terms of uh, being really knocked over um, and, and having a sense of electricity um, working through my hands and all the way through my body and then shaking uncontrollably um, but then at the same time during that that physical manifestation I guess you'd call it uh, at the same time actually meeting meeting God um, and God meeting God in a way that I hadn't expected to meet God i.e I had my ticket and maybe some sort of a an idea of God being a supreme being and out there in in some form but actually he encountering God as a and as a father who hugged me And that completely undid me, mm. uh, because I never expected that. I, 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 I had no grid for that. I was in that time. I was carrying a massive amount of shame um, around who I was and did, like masking everything up, you know. Um, mm. And here I was with a God who just accepted me completely, um, and 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 hugged me. And so I came out of that, as I said, there was that, phys there was that uh, physical manifestation, but then there was the other. So it was like, wow, okay, God is real. <laughs> so, so this is not just a, <laughs> this is not like a, oh, well, it's, I've got my insurance policy. 
uh, for after I die. This is actually, he's, he's real and, and a father. Mm. I had never expected God to be a father and, and a father that, that just welcomed me so unconditionally. And uh, so, so from that point on, my life completely changed and the orientation of my life changed. Um, up till then, I had been really uh, quite, uh, quite keen on success and, 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 and as I said, this, this financial thing, although I hadn't been convinced of it as a model, there was still that, that push to, to drive and succeed. But God just shifted that entirely in me and, and just gave me this, this, um, this, this passion to know him and, and to follow him. Um, and so, so what began then was this, it was something wow, God has a voice and God, God has a personality. That was incredible to me. I, and, and, and then, then in this, in this, um, in this Christian understanding of God, God is three people. And so there's a father, a son and a Holy spirit. And this Holy spirit is actually present with me to comfort and teach and counsel and, and there's forgiveness on offer. Um, and I, I went through, I went through a period of time just in my early twenties where I did, I did a bunch of things where prior to that, I, I would have said, Oh, God's kind of lucky to have me. Um, but after that, I realized actually I need to be forgiven mm. and I have not, I am not the person that I thought I was. As I got to know God, I got to know myself and I realized I certainly wasn't that person that I thought I was. And I heard a lot of people. And I realized that, wow, I need forgiveness. And here I, here I was understanding that actually God brokered that forgiveness um, through sending his son, his son Jesus to die for us. And obviously that's, what's, that's what this Easter weekend's about. And, uh, and, so, and, I, and so I was, wow, there's forgiveness too. There's forgiveness. And I can actually start again. And so it was, just, it was just stepping into this incredible space. And then I started reading other stories about other people who'd had this, who'd had this relationship with God and all the things that they'd done. And I thought, there's actually an adventure to be had. And so this, this orientation of my life sort of started to shift. And, um, and God started to speak to me about who I was and what, he, and, and what his purpose for my life was, which mm-hmm. was just incredible. And, uh, and so he called me basically to, uh, to, to Central Asia um, and then, and, and just to these, to, and to, to basically these, these, these ways that he wanted to, me to join him in serving the poor. Um, he showed me that that's actually his heart as, as he's, he's a God who is a God who loves the downtrodden, the outcast, the, the alien, the, the persecuted, the, um, you know, the misunderstood, those are the people that God loves. It's almost like he has a favoritism towards the poor. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, if you love me, you go with me where I go and you carry what I carry in terms of heart. And so it was this, this is wonderful. It was just this incredible, wow, God, you have, um, you have, you've invited me to something incredible. I, I remember a, a significant moment for me was I, I went to Hong Kong and, and worked there with a charity for a year um, during, during university. And, and, I, and up to that point, I'd been absolutely convinced that this, that this idea of God that I had was a Western religion. You know, I was just like, nah, it's just Western. It's just a white man's Western religion. And you can't convince me otherwise because it's just, I know, I know it's supposed to be global and everything, but really it's just for white yeah. guys. And, uh, and, then, and then I went to Hong Kong and I met all these, I met all these, all these, um, uh, you know, all these Chinese people who didn't speak any English. They're not a, you know, not a white bit of anything connected to them. Mm-hmm. And they, they loved God and they, and they, 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 fo- they believed in Jesus and they followed Jesus. And I was like, wow. So it's not just about 
so it's not a ticket to heaven because they were they were serving the poor. So God seems very concerned with our world. And he's got this plan to actually set the world right, and it's a global plan. Of that. So it was just this sense of it's it's like it's like with it's, it's like it's almost like you um you, know, you come into it's like stepping into a movie twenty minutes into the movie right you kind of step into a movie and it's like okay what's going on you know <laughs> it was just yeah kind of what did I miss who's the character and what are they, you know all that sort of stuff and uh, it was like that with with life uh, as I as I as God just kind of unveiled this plan I guess and who He was to me it's like wow okay oh so this is the story we're in. <laughs> Whereas the narrative that the culture had sold was this, um, you know, this accumulation model and um, and insurance uh, was was this much larger plan of restoration and adventure um, with 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 this God who is deeply committed to loving His world back into restoration. I thought, gosh, this is uh, this this has my heart. It feels to me like it's a very direct relationship with God. Is that what you you feel? Uh, that's that's certainly what I feel. Yeah. Now I, I think I think it's actually I think it's I think you, the choice of word relationship is a great word that you've chosen, uh, and I and I think I think in terms of we have relationships in our lives we have you know, human relationships and those relationships have great times and bumps and and times of you know I'm married um, times of confusion and distance and all those sort of things. And I, I would say that my relationship with God has been marked by all of those sort of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because it is, I think our relationships are simply a reflection of the relationships um, within within God, that there's that God, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're in community and relationship and ours are dim, dim at best reflections of that. But also just in terms of that dyna- dynamic of relating to God, all of those seasons are are. are are present and um and and have purpose i think yeah so so yes direct but but not in a i guess what i'm reflecting is not in a, a static um monochrome yeah sense but very much in in the dynamism dynamism of relationships which we which we as humans understand mm, constantly evolving and developing yeah, and that's right yeah that's right and maturing mm. uh, feeling like you've detoured or like you've um, you know, just done a loop or, you know, all of those, all of those things, which are just um, apparent in any other relationship. Are there any rules um, to your relationship? Yeah, I look, I think, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I was, I think that's a good question. Uh, rules is a, I wouldn't use the word rule. Um, but I would say that there are, there are definitely ways that the relationship works and ways that it, doesn't mm-hmm. um, so one of the one of the recurring themes for me is I, I think there's always within me anyway uh, there's always this there's, there's been like this I don't know if it's ingrained but there's there's just this resistance towards God you know it's kind of like it's it's like this um, I don't know if it's a if it's a civil war or something but it's it's like there is there is within me if um, just this resistance, despite who God has shown Himself to be, yeah. to be, there's still that. You know what? I think I just want to control things. Mm-hmm. I just do. I really do. And uh, like the, I've, I've, I've grown in that. I've changed in that. And yet, I, I still know that I have that tendency to, just if it comes down to a place where I'm being called to trust God, my, my instinct is still to trying to wrest control from God 
And at that point, um, that's that doesn't help. <laughs> that, that doesn't help. And so, so I find that there is actually this this returning, this ongoing returning to actually, I'm releasing it again. Like a surrender. Does it feel like a surrender to the love that you know God is? That's right. It's almost like an ongoing process of of surrender. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's almost yeah, that's it. Intimate surrender and the fact that God knows my heart mm-hmm. so well and knows me like no one else. He, he it, it's it's this unseen surrender. Mm. So it's it's not something that's on display, and maybe my wife will know if I if I haven't or if. I, but not many people would really tell the difference. You know, the packaging looks the same, mm. but but in terms of what's really going on there, that surrender is key. Because when I surrender and actually, you know, just acknowledge that God is God and I'm not, and just allow Him to to work be who he is in my life then gosh it just releases life releases life into me and into the people around me um but if but if i if i rest that and go i want to be (laughs) grab back the control Mm -hmm. it does not do well i start Mm -hmm. to there's there's a whole recovery principle of um you know you you lose control internally when do when you try to control things that you shouldn't you know it's that that kind of notion and uh, i find that it's like I, I, that, that, I, yeah, that when I'm overstretching, when I'm trying to control things I shouldn't, um, then I lose control internally. And, and that, and that, that manifests itself eventually in just behavior that's, it's just acted out in really stupid behavior. Um, so, so yeah, so I think that, I think that's been a constant theme of just returning to that place of surrender and, and trust has been, yeah, been huge in terms of that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel others around you perceive your relationship with God? Yeah, it's a, it's again a, a good question. Uh, I, it's it is it is. I think it's I think it's really interesting actually listening to someone actually feedback about who you are rather than who you perceive to be yourself. Mm. I recently finished up at a, a workplace where I've been for four years, and we had. A breakfast where a farewell breakfast and people said such lovely things and I, I like I don't think they were there was no need to put that on um, but they they saw me in a, in a different light to how I see me mm. and that was that was wonderful so can I clarify did they see you more positively than you the way you speak to yourself right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I guess is encouraging. It would be disappointing if it was the other way, I guess. Um, but yeah, so that was so that was that was very encouraging. So how do people see my relationship with God? Um, yeah, I think it would all depend on on the the degree, the depth with which they know me. Mm. Are you part of a church? Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm actually a community pastor at um, a church called Northridge Vineyard. So one of the things I do, I've started doing is um, teaching scripture at a high school and mm. the kids to do is just mind map everything they know about God. Yeah. And, you know, rather than telling them, look, this is what you have to believe or something. It's actually, look, these questions of purpose and God's existence and are massive. And I actually want to give you the ability to think well about them. Yeah. Like that's, and that, so, yeah, I think it's great that you're actually devoting time in your program to, hey, Let's, as a community, look at this question, put it front and centre, hear some perspectives. And and how can they find you or find out about that? 
Yeah, so they can go to our website, uh, northridge.org.au. One thing that is uh, a caveat there, I guess, is that where my wife and I are, we're leading a little team that's actually planting a a community of that church in Hornsby. So if they go to the current website, they won't find anything about that thing because it's embryonic at this point. But yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, get along to that website. Uh, That's that's a good place to start. And then they can express an interest and get in touch with you. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Lovely. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. That was Andrew Starr talking to me on Friday. This morning we've been talking about relationships with God and just before the break we heard Andrew's story. I don't think it's really very unique the rising levels of depression and anxiety in primary school and that jumps again in high school what is the reflection that we're offering children in the world when they they grow up it looks pretty dire with human atrocities and the depreciation of the value of kindness respect and tenderness so is a connection back to love the love we were held in when we were born and a connection to the love we were when we when we came into this world, what we're missing. Another person who's joining me now to contemplate that a little bit further is Nazrin Azizi. Welcome, Nazrin. Thank you. Now, Nazrin, you have um, you have a different perspective to share with us. Can you describe to us your relationship with Allah? Uh, thanks, uh, Lucy, for let me know, uh, give me an opportunity to talk today in Yes, I would love to share my relationship with my Allah. Yes, my relationship with my Allah is a personal and individual, you know? Yes. That's what's so interesting, that it isn't necessarily about going to someone else's agenda and to someone else's tune, but it's yeah. your relationship in your day-to-day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's individual, you know, like because my Allah is love, you know, like, so he's so kind, you know, whenever I want him, so yep. anywhere I was, I will ask him for help or mercy, he will be there, you know, like, and my Allah is always close to me, you know. I love how you say it's my Allah. Uh, yeah, it's not just my, it's everybody's. It's every, yes. It belongs to everybody, but, you know, like I say, that's why I say it's personal and mm-hmm. individual, so I say it's my Allah, you know. Yeah. But it's not my no. Everybody, you know? We couldn't possibly contain that amount of support just for ourselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, when were you aware of it? You, was it something you were brought up with, or is it something that developed? Yes, I opened my house in Muslim community, uh, Muslim family. My mom and father. Uh, I'm from Muslim background, you know, obviously. So I brought up in a Muslim family, but. Uh, since I've grown up, you know, like, so I learned myself, you know, what's Islam. Mm. When I know myself, when I was, like, in primary school, so we learn about what's Islam, how we pray, what's God, you know, all these things. Yes. So, and I get learn more about it. And since I become, like, you know, one of my teachers at the school said, that if you know yourself, you will, you will know you are Allah or you are God. Yes. So I really... Indeed, and I said, I have to find what's my Allah, what's Allah, and how I should be have a connection with him directly, you know? Yes. 
So yeah. that was when your teacher said to you, when you have a relationship with yourself, you will have a relationship with your Allah. Yeah. If you know yourself, you will know your uh, Allah or your God, you know, like yes. uh, in the best way, you know, because uh, we learn, you know, my, as my family, you know, like my mom told me, you know, if you love yourself, you will love your God, you know, your Allah. Yes. So uh, as a human being, we, somebody is there that created us, you know, like as a human, gave us all these life, you know, we we breathing in and we have eyes to see, we nose to breathe, you know, like all these five things. So that's why I said, okay, how we have these things, you know, without Allah, we're not able to do anything. So he's the one who has the power. Yeah. So that's why, you know, like I was like, oh, yes, there is somebody on in the heart that we have to be obey the rules, you know, and say, that's my Allah. That's Allah. Yes. Has it changed over the years? You talked about how you were as a child and as an adult. It sounds, the reflection you've shared there sounds like it's become deeper. Yes. Um, when I become, a, like, getting a bigger, you know, like a start praying, to get more connection, you know, like we have, you know, if you pray with, the, if you pray, you know, we have to pray five times. Yes. So when you pray, it means that you're talking with Allah. Okay. Okay. So, like when I'm praying, you know, like after prayer finish, then I pray, you know, like ask mercy. So it means I asking, you know, directly my connection with with Allah. Uh, and when when you pray or read Quran, you know, it means that Allah is talking to you directly. Okay. It's one on one, individual. You know, that's why I said, you know. Yes. And you you will learn, you know, like if you know the Quran. Yeah. And you will learn that that he, yes, it's completely changed. You know? Like by the time I read, I, by the time I read Quran and get the meaning of that and understanding, yes, it's been can become changing. It's still I'm learning yeah. about Islam. It's still I'm learning, so that yes, it's every time I learn something else, it's, I get deeper in love with Allah. Ah, oh, beautiful. Now. It sounds obviously. It sounds like you've just shared. There's a rule around how many times you pray. Are there any other rules around this relationship? Uh, yes, yes. As long as people know, it's a really beautiful, beautiful relationship as a Christianity. You know, like so we have five times to pray every day, mm-hmm. but we have all the other uh, rules. You know, like respect, do not lie. You know, do not kill, do not do any other wrong things in the world. You know, to be living peace. Yep. That's all the rules we have in here. So that's why, you know, we pray. That's why I look at it five times pray. It's like, you know, from morning to night, you know, like, because always you, when you pray, so you do not have to tell lies. You do not have to backbiting. You do not have to kill people. You know, all these bad things to keep you away from all these other things, you know? Ah, so to keep you busy, he, ge- he gets you, you praying. Know, like, you know, you pray for God, you yeah. know, engage with the God, you know, do not yes. do any, any wrong things, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why, you know, like, to be always in your mind and your heart, there is a God, you know, like, who I, like, we have to be, be afraid of, you know, like, what we are doing, you know, somebody there is, we, like, you know, we believe in two words, you know, like, to like after die, we there is a life. Say that last bit again. I don't think it was very clear. When you die, yes, we believe that we wanna be live again. You know, like in uh, so reincarnation. Yes. Yes. Ah, okay. Yes. 
So there is the day of judgment, you know, like God going to say, you know, who did good, like, yep. you know, good in the world and who's the bad people. You know, like we yes. live in even and uh, even, even and uh, paradise. Yep. Yeah. So that's why we have to be in a good Muslim in this world now yeah. and to have a better place when we pass away, you know, like to go. Okay. Because it's not just about this life. There is the next no, life no, and that day of judgment. Like, as a good, good Muslim, you have to be really do good, uh, good things, you know, helping people, do not lie, do not kill people, you know, do not do all these bad things, you yes. know? Yes, yeah. So this is all around. Yeah, it's very important that yeah. that not yeah. killing is very clear within your religion, isn't it? Very yeah. clear. It is really clear in Islam, you know, like we have all these things and we added the rules, you know, set up, you know, like as a good Muslim, but we have to do all these things. Yeah. How do you feel other people perceive your religion? Uh, it's, uh, you know, like other people, you know, might be they going to the mosque, you know, or reading uh, Quran, you know, because in Quran it's a clear God mentioned about everything that he created, you know, all this... Uh, Word. Everything is in Quran, you know, like if yes. anybody wants to be perceived about Islam, yes. same thing as a Christianity. Yeah. So there is a, a lot of book, you know, Quran. Yes. Like we have a Bible, you know, Bible, Quran, these four books is from Allah, you know? Yes. So if you read everything there, you know, I read Bible as well, you know, but it's really similar with the Quran. Yes. So if you want to find out about it, that's where you read about it. But th people have misunderstood what they've read at times. Uh, that's really good question. Yes, most of the time they misunderstand it. You know, like uh, uh, the Quran. Maybe they go ask for the somebody who's the leader, yes. the teacher. You know, like who knows better than us. Yeah. So they will explain to you. I have my own. You know, like Biden. You know, like so he's always. You know, if I had something, you know, I will ask, and he will tell me. And how can people find out more about Islam? Um, it's. Uh, most of the time they going to mosque. Yes. And meet with the imam or the guidance, you know, like teachers. Yep. Uh, there is a place of, you know, like Islam, you know, if they want to become a Muslim or they want to learn about Islam. Yes. Uh, they go there and talk to people, but, you know, with the guidance, you know. Yes, so, so the imam is the person yeah, that would be that step. Yeah, ways, you know, for, I believe, you know, to read Quran. Yes. If anybody wants to read Quran, I'll go to, you know, Google and there is a Quran with translation in English. Yeah. And the, everything is really clear there, you know. Okay. Especially if they go to read uh, sur, uh, Quran Surah 55, Ar-Rahman. Yeah. Uh, there is, you know, like God tell you know, how he created the world, everything, you know. Okay. So maybe we'll put some links for that at the um, on the website so that people can actually find out for themselves and connect to what you've shared with us. Yeah, as a real Muslim, you know, like, Muslims shouldn't be judgmental, you know, like, so never judge to other anybody, you know, like, so... Yeah. It's, a, it's really beautiful, you know, like, I can't see, you know, like, today's in the world, you know, people saying Islam is as a... What do you call it, you know? Yep. Bad religion, you know, but I'm proud of I'm a Muslim. As a good Muslim, you know, like, I'm really... When yeah. I'm seeing, you know, all these things in the world, it's not real Muslim. Honestly, yeah. if you go read Quran, there is nothing that they yeah. take advantage and they say by the name of Allah. Yeah. They, they say Allah Akbar and kill people. It's not there. No. Nothing.
that's not that's not Islam and it's not that no, religion. That's completely not something yeah. Islam. And that's where I was really pleased when you said you would share with us because the, every religion that I'm hearing about, it all comes back to love. And love, one, doesn't judge, and two, it doesn't, it doesn't have those... It doesn't encourage you to murder. It doesn't encourage you to kill. No, no. Um, all in good time. If it doesn't work for you, then, then walk away. But don't try and impose that on another. Yeah, yeah, they, that's why you ask me question. You know how they misunderstand some more. Uh, Sometimes you know, like they misunderstand the word of Allah. Yes. You know. Yes. So that's why you know this would become, you know, as a become better place. You know, if you see in Islamic countries. Yep. Of people, you know, killing each other. That's not in Quran, uh, you know, especially. Yeah, lovely. Muslim not kill anybody. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank Take you care. So one of the things that I really loved about what Nazarin just shared was the misunderstandings that people have around Islam. And I believe that what she shared was, and I know it wasn't a great line, but came through loud and clear. That's not a, that's not a love of God and that's not true Islam. Or it's not Islam. You can't say true Islam. It's not Islam. <laughs> When someone kills in the name of God, we must be very clear about that. Next up, we've got Wayne Zwar, who shared with me his relationship with God. Now, his faith is a branch of Judaism called Messianic Judaism. And he spoke to me just after a service at his church where he casually shared. And in fact, he didn't even share. He just said someone had asked for a tall, skinny guy, um, unshaven um, he'd been asked to carry the cross on Good Friday, the Christian holiday that marks the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Without further ado, let me introduce Wayne Zwar. Wayne, first of all, thank you very much for doing the interview with me. Can you explain to us how you would describe your relationship with God? Hi, Lucy. Yeah, great to chat. Uh, God, um, God is... He, he, I guess I describe it almost leaning on me and um, guides me throughout my um, day. So I'm aware of my own conscience, um, but um, God comes to, comes to me almost as, uh, as a relationship that you could have with someone who's there with you all the time. Um, so he leans on my, I haven't heard him audibly, um, some people have, but... Um, he leans on, I guess, my heart, my mind, my um, thoughts, um, how I should be, um, how I can best um, treat people, how I can best, um, you know, help him, um, help the world uh, to um, to be what he designed it to be, which is a place that, you know, everyone um, comes together in community, um, gets to know how much God loves them. Uh, and um, wants their lives to be um, full, uh, free, and um, you know, released of forgiveness. When were you first aware of that relationship? Uh, I was uh, brought up in a, uh, a a Christian household. My parents, my grandparents, always um, showed such a strong relationship with God and how much He. Um, he was um, a real guiding light in their own lives and how much 
they had a relationship with him and they felt his love. And so I kind of always felt that I can't ever pinpoint one point in my life like um, many other people can. Um, but for me, it was it, he. He was always there. Yeah. That's beautiful. How do you feel others perceive your relationship with God? Um, I um, I'm a pretty uh, open person, so I I just I'm always thanking God and uh, recognizing His um, presence and will in my life and everything I do. So um, I just leave it up to other people to, to see what they, um, how they respond to that and think about it. Um, I, I haven't had any negative um, objections. Um, many Australians don't like to talk about um, God or things that are deeper than sport sometimes, um, but I've always, um, I've never had anyone um, respond negatively when I talk about um, just, you know, in my daily walk, oh, you know, thank, thank, thank God for that. And, mm. you know, I, I hope I'm um, following his will and, and doing his will in all that I do. So all, all good. Yeah. Um, and has it been a direct relationship? It sounds like it has, or do you feel that your relationship with God goes through a third party, either a priest, pastor, or, or whatever that that uh, focus is for you. No, um, that's that a human conduit is definitely not required. Um, it's not what the Bible teaches. It's um, it would then make God be distant, um, that you couldn't directly relate to Him. Uh, they kind of say that. You know, in heaven, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He, he's, he's here for you to have a direct relationship with him. And so we do have a direct relationship with him. And as a, um, you know, God is perfect um, and he, he loves us so much, but he knows we're not perfect and he can't look upon uh, imperfection. But through, I guess, if he, he gave a little bit of himself um, who came down on earth uh, to you know, in the form of his Messiah, his Saviour, Jesus, who then um, who died for um, for all the wrong things that we did. And, and so um, he's given us direct access to him through his sacrificial gift. Nothing that we could ever physically do would ever um, be worthy um, to him. Um, but accepting his, his gift and his grace is, is what kicks it off. Have you felt that your relationship with God has changed through the years? Uh, I, I, yeah, I do. It's, it's a great question. I, I do have, I regrettably look back in periods of my life where, you know, we call it backslidden, where I've kind of just gone on to my own, you know, desires and focuses in the world um, and run off and, and, focused on, you know, material things or work and, and that's become more of an idol or a focus rather than um, first finding what is, is God's will and joy in him because where I realise I've, I've, I've um, you know, I get shocked into it is I feel that I find that I'm not fulfilled, I'm not um, at peace. Nothing in the world can satisfy. It just gives us a, a 
thirst that is never quenched. But knowing God and his love through Jesus, just if you have nothing, um, gives 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 full satisfaction and, and um, a feeling of security that um, nothing else on the earth could ever satisfy. And it sounds like you have a community of people around you. Is that through a church? Yes. So um, I... Um, uh, we have a it's very important to us we looked for a when we were looking at moving a few years ago we looked for a church around the uh, chatswood area we are life source um, which is near the big bunnings on eastern valley way and phenomenal uh, loving community they do so much in the community they have a, a community um, store which gives out pretty well free food to anyone that needs it um, which my wife um, donates at we have a um, parents of youth group that come and um, to our house every Friday to um, just, you know, share and um, eat and learn together while the kids go off to youth group. Um, there's lots of other avenues as well. Um, so we're really grateful for that church and just its love, its community, its friendship and its and its family warmth, which exudes um, and is everything that God is, uh, our life source. And so if people want to find more out more about life source or the the practice that you have how do they do that yeah um come along to life source uh, it's 9 a.m and 11 a.m every sunday uh, life source it's just by the big bunnings on eastern valley way um and uh, you can check out the website as well i think it's lifesource.org.au um, or just google it and you'll you'll see it there you'll be able to see some um footage on the facebook as well or uh um, any of the sermons but um come and experience it it's it's a it's just such a beautiful community. You can't explain it. Just the way that they, um, everyone comes together and just loves loves on everyone and um, tries to mirror what God is um, to them, to everyone else. Has a big thumbprint for the logo. So it, um, yeah, it's God's imprint on our life, I guess, and on the world. He created it and has such a heart for what He wants in the world, but He doesn't control us. He lets us do whatever we want. Um, but it's our choice to to bring Him into our world. Um, I mean, he's there, but we've, he's asked us to come with him. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lucy. There we go. Andrew Zouar, um from the Life Source Church in Chatswood. We have been talking about our relationship with God. I'm just going to jump straight in and this conversation um, follows on from something that Andrew was talking about, about the importance of considering whether or not we have a reaction to the word religion in our society. That means that we shut down any conversation um, about what might be there as a support. Um, just one worth considering. And interestingly, without any prompting, Leanne started talking about the word religion and our relationship with religion as opposed to necessarily a relationship with God. It's a beautiful interview. Just have a listen and enjoy. Make sure I'm ready. Welcome, Leanne. How would you describe your relationship with God? Well, for me, I would say um, I am a deeply religious person in terms of the true meaning of the word religion, and that is um, from the Latin relegare. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it means to um, 
to rebind, to reread, to reconnect. And what it symbolizes is to come back to the truth of who you are and to reconnect to that really authentic part of you, which we know of as the soul. And my was never um, talked about in this way and and God was certainly not something I was ever taught you could access from within you. God was something you always had to go to an institution or, um, or read something or, you know, that there had to be something standing between you and God in order to access him and he was this higher omnipotent being that was outside of yourself. And I wouldn't have a bar of that, you know. I, I, I didn't have an extremely religious upbringing by conventional standards. I went to an Anglican school, but it wasn't that um, focused on the religion. And my dad comes from a Greek Orthodox background, but again, it wasn't part of our family life. Um, and so my my whole life, I sort of reacted, if anything, to the terms religion and God because it didn't feel true to me. And um, it was only in my 30s that I started um, understanding more of, uh, of what happens in us at a deeper level and that that experience, when you start reconnecting to the truth of who you are, is, is extremely religious and that we're not alone. There's there's a whole world that we can be connected to um, that is not spoken about in the conventional texts, if that makes sense. It does. So it sounds like it's changed over the years from when you were a child, you had that innate knowing that it was within you, but that over the years it's, it's, you've been able to express that more outwardly. Yeah, it's like it's like I had a, a brief hiatus of 20 or so or 30 years because I do remember as a child very simple experiences like um, I used to love getting up early before I had to go to school. I didn't like school, um, but I knew I had to go, so I would get up early and go play in our playroom, and there was... I just remember sitting in a sunbeam coming. I was playing with my little Fisher-Price people on the carpet and there was a sunbeam that was hitting my back and illuminating, was playing with. And I just felt that absolute holding quality and a deep joy that everything is interconnected and everything is okay. I can't really explain it, but it was just a knowing that didn't even have to be a conscious thought or, hey, wow, isn't this cool? It was just this is what it is. There's there's this part. And then it was like I was almost separating that in that I couldn't take it into my day and go to school and still have that quality. It was like something special I felt when I was on my own, but that I just sort of left behind when I went into the outer world, so to speak. And, the, and then that was pretty much it for the next 20 or 30 years. And it's only since I started attending presentations by Serge Ben-Hayen um, through Universal Medicine and 
and he started presenting on God and I thought, oh, God, let's, let's not do this because I had been so conditioned by the corrupted version of what God and religion is in terms of it's something you have to seek outside yourself for salvation. But the way I heard Serge present it was so true and so the experience that I'm talking about I'd had as a child that I couldn't not but listen and be open to perhaps there's there's something else to this God thing than what I've been making it out to be in my adult life. Are there any rules that you find you attach to that relationship? No, no, that was the bit that I bucked up against with um, the encounters I had with religion through school or um, those in my family that would go to the churches. I wasn't so good with dogma and rules. If anything, I became a bit of a anarchist. <laughs> I would say that in in true religion, there are guiding principles and there are values that you live by, but they're, they're true for all. They're not something that pertains just to the individual that suits that individual and then another individual has a different principle that guides them. It's more like a a unifying um, principle that brings everyone together, which is why the word religion means to rebind. It's to bring us all back together by virtue of this one solid foundation we all stand on. I think you've already answered this. So it's not via anyone else. Your relationship with God is a, is a direct one. Yes, absolutely. And it's the same for every single person is um, it, it's so opposite to how we've been conditioned, you know, that there's so many different gods that people believe in and, and one religion will have this God and the other religion will have that God. And the general consensus is there's all these things you need to do to get to that God. Mm. Whereas as my understanding is every single person on the planet, regardless of their religion, race or creed belongs to God in the sense that um, God is God is a, a great body of love that we are held within. We could also refer to the body of God as the universe. So for those that don't like the term God, the universe sometimes um, sits a bit better with them. It doesn't matter. It's the same quality that holds us and we have um, particles within our bodies that respond to that universality and the cycles that, that govern us. How do you feel other people perceive your relationship with God? Well, <laughs> that's quite funny because I was so anti-God my whole life um, by being a bit of a, a radical punk <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yes, I, I listened to a lot of music that was in total reaction to um, the, yeah, the dogma and the structure and, and what I would refer to as the lie of religion because it wasn't about bringing people together, um, religion as we were taught, as we were taught. And if anything, what I didn't like about religions is it seemed to separate people like that person has their religion that one has their religion and it didn't none of them gelled together um so when I started 
working out what true religion was for me. Um, I know a lot of my friends thought, well, this is a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, I was more surprised than anyone to find out I was such a religious person by the true meaning of the word. And so you can imagine what it looked like where I had looked a certain way to those close to me my whole life and suddenly I looked like, you know, hallelujah, I've <laughs> seen the light and I've found the Lord. And I know I, know I looked, I possibly looked quite crazy. However, um, and from my husband as well, he's like, what, what is this religion thing you're doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. But... When people see you just living your life and living it in a deeply religious way in the sense that you have values and principles that you live by and that this is what guides you through life and it's not imposing on anyone but it's just a quality of being and and livingness that, um, that you live with, then people are less scared by it. I think people are so damaged by um, the corrupted form of religion and how we've bastardised the word and how many wars have been fought in the name of religion that uh, when when true religion expresses, it can be scary for people. But it's also very settling to know that it's that it's something so simple and something that's so accessible to everyone. In them, in them, they don't have to go anywhere. It's the body that they, that's my understanding, especially in these last five years, what I've come to feel and through the presentations of the way of the livingness that Serge Ben Hayen has presented, is that our body is the vehicle through which we access the divine. Because prior to that, I was all about the divine in terms of, in, the spiritual sense. So even though I'd say I didn't believe in God, I was very into all the new age spirituality. Um, But that was more about transcending the body and the human form and seeing the light inside as greater than the physical form it is enhoused within. Mm -hmm. And so there's an arrogance that comes with that, that I was deeply immersed in that it, that says, you know, um, the physical form is lesser and we must rise above it to be divine. Whereas this is completely different in the way of the livingness as I understand it and I live it, the body, the vehicle through which you express the divinity you innately are. And that's what I mean by the the particles that belong to God. We have a physical form that is made up of the same stuff that all physical form in the universe is made up of, and that is our gateway back to God. So we're not to leave it behind. We're to to live very much earthed in this physical realm. When you were speaking about the fact that the body is, the particles in the body are such a beautiful gateway um, to that, that, that respond to the particles in the universe. And I, and I seem to remember in my upbringing being told that, you know, as sinners, um, it was the body that is, is constantly pulled to temptation. And therefore, the, the body is what lets us down. It's not, and, and that is polar opposite, I believe, to what you're saying. Absolutely. And that is the lie that I lived under, like going through um, all the spiritual new age stuff. 
I was constantly trying to leave my body anything, anything that I could leave this, leave this cursed mound of flesh and arise onto, into something greater. You know, it, it's, it's the complete reverse because the way of the livingness is the only religion I've come across that presents that there is a difference between spirit and soul. Prior to this, in a lot of the spiritualities I'd dabbled in, there was talk of both spirit and soul, but the terms were very interchangeable. But it's very, very clear to me through these teachings that there we are comprised of two beings. One is the spirit and one is the soul. And the spirit is the part that's separated from the soul. So it, it really is one and the same. There's a, um, in, in essence, we are all souls. However, there is a part of us that has separated from the light and love of the soul. And that's the part that is subject to the whims of all it can create in this physical realm. So that I would say that being, the, the spirit, is what is subject to the desires and it's a very untrue thing to say that it's the body <laughs> because it's the spirit within the body that is causing um, the, the unrest and the unsettlement. And so the path of true religion is not to um, banish the spirit or make it bad or, you know, sever it in any way. It's actually the path of the spirit returning back to the soul, which it's separated from. The more we renounce the ways of the spirit and come back to the ways of the soul, which is a body of pure love, the more life becomes much more simple. Um, there's a deeper love we go to and, um, that gets shared in a very human and practical way with everyone around you. Which is how you were sharing that when I asked about how others perceive, they, they see the normalness of what you live in your day-to-day -day rather than it being something outside of yourself. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, once you reconnect to that inner truth and divinity, it's like, Picking up a glass of water is a divine act because it's the quality you do it in. You don't sort of go, hey, I'm now doing something very godly, look at me. It's just there, there is a quality that informs your movements that is very different to the quality you would normally have moved in when under the, the impulse of just the spirit. Hmm. Okay, thank you so much. How can people find out more? Unimed Living is a site that is done by all the students of the way of the livingness and their experiences, their very normal, everyday, down-to-earth experiences of what it is to, um, to live in a way where you are um, being more true to yourself, I guess you would say. And... Um, there's many different spheres on this one website too. There's stuff on parenting and food and um, the there's a section on religion, which is the way of the livingness. There's a, a whole section on 
the bastardization of words and how it is that we we've ended up in this position where you can say religion or God to people and it incites quite a reaction in them because they're reacting to the corrupted version of the word and not the truth of what the word is. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll put links when I upload the blog. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lucy. And so we come to the end of my conversations for today. I've spoken to some really amazing people and it's we mustn't underestimate what it's like to talk in this day and age um, that intimately about something that we always say don't talk about it when I was doing the research I found an inordinate amount of vitriolic discussion around the different religions and people's beliefs which simply shut down any room for contemplation or to wonder without fear of being tortured or killed which we mustn't forget was the reality of religious persecution many years ago and sadly in way too many countries around the world today. The force used to control what people believed. Well, that's, that's probably a whole show in itself, isn't it? Note that once again it is man trying to control and convert. So perhaps today we simply sit in contemplation and consider the quality we bring to our lives in our movements and if it matches the expansiveness, the simplicity, the stillness, joy and love we see reflected in babies and children who, let's face it, are so much closer to what we want to call where we came from and where and before we were born into this world. If it brings up too much, then simply walk away without bringing another person down who wants to stay and contemplate and develop that relationship further. Offer back to those who wish to explore and deepen the same free will that you are exercising to walk away with grace. A contemplative show, I feel, this week. Next week is going to ask you to maintain that stance of understanding with no judgment as we talk to two women who work with families of child sex abuse perpetrators. I do hope you will join us live on Triple H 100.1 FM or on the Stay in the Loop with Lucy podcast, wherever you get them. Don't forget you can find it on iTunes podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher and TuneIn. Regardless of what has or is happening to you in your life, you are and always will be you and you are amazing. The key is to reconnect to that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body's trying to tell you something is not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health, to build the tools to address what you do not yet feel equipped to manage. Look for the support in the community because it is there. We just need to learn how to open up to that support and trust again. And don't wait for life to come to you. Take yourself to life and be the change you want to see. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you. Connect with the amazing people in our community. Be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.